chant. I was always drawn to Lord Shiva. Of course, as, uh, as uh, Rishi mentioned, Shiva is universal consciousness, but in his personal form, he's the great yogi, the great hippie yogi, and quite a character. One of the defining characteristics of Shiva, uh, which appealed to me, is that he accepts everyone. Everyone can come to Shiva, whatever your age, your IQ, your race, your caste, your condition, he accepts them all. And so you may not be able to get a place in the world of some of the other deities, but you're guaranteed a place in the world of Shiva. So that works for me. <clears throat> so now it's time for the, the uh, kids' darshan. <clears throat> and let's see. Down on the peninsula nearby, we have Sammy. Hi, Sammy. And we have Ocean and Harvey and Leo. Hi, kids. And Josh and Santoshi and Vaishnavi. Hello. And in Melbourne, we have Liam and Finley. And in Noosa, we have Rafi and Amalia. Hello, everybody. So that's good. <clears throat> and I'd like to uh, begin my programs by quoting Baba. Baba began all his programs uh, this way. He would always say <clears throat> in Hindi, Sabko bari sanmane kesat premse hadik swagat. With great respect and love, I welcome you all with all my heart. And uh, he would always say that that the essence of spirituality, to welcome another person with love, not to become a nuisance to other people, but to welcome other people with love. And that's the essence of spirituality. So in that spirit, I want to welcome everybody. And I'm going to welcome everyone in Radio Land by name later. <clears throat> but I want to make a uh, shout out to a couple of very special people. I promised to say hello to George. Hi, George. You may be watching with Patricia. Hello, George. How are you? And uh, the other one I want to mention is yesterday was our own Swami Bhaktan on the 70th birthday, which we celebrated with great pomp. <laughs> and she's done such great service, and uh, she's processed more people than you can shake a stick at, <laughs> and helped so many people get through their difficulties and problems. So tonight, <clears throat> tonight, um, let's see, who am I um, doing? Somebody that... Uh, one of my favorites. <clears throat> oh, it's my very favorite. <laughs> so this is Baba, uh, both on tour and then back in India in later years, after my time with him. Uh, this is Baba leading a chant 
uh, in America somewhere. Is that Fallsburg? South Fallsburg, probably. <laughs> He's saying, Jaya Shiva Shambho, Mahadev. <clears throat> what else do we have? Uh, that's in Fallsburg, I think. Uh, I think that's one of the photographs sent me by my old friend Swami Ramananda. Beautiful photograph. And you notice in his hand, what does he have there? A japa mala. And uh, it's not that Baba needed to run up mantras. He was established in the highest state, but he always did that as a, as a teaching encouragement for other people to do the mantra. When your mind is uh, not behaving, when you're being afflicted by it, mantra is the greatest uh, relief. Uh, a mind that's strong, balanced, and intelligent is the greatest help for your spiritual development. It can help put you back in. But when you're under the influence, Gurdjieff's term, eaten by the moon, under the sway of negative emotions, what that, the first thing that negative emotions do is they take out, your, takes out your mind. So your mind becomes a useless piece of flesh lying in your brain. <clears throat> and your mind doesn't work properly. The mind actually starts attacking you also. So at that point, instead of trying to solve your issues by your mind, brutally say the mantra. It's real good, uh, what do you call it, uh, blue collar yoga. Mantra is very valuable there. Next. That's Oakland. At one stage in the tour, Baba shaved his head. Uh, that was in the around 75, I guess. And next. And that's another beautiful uh, photograph from probably, probably back in India. Uh, judging by the way he's uh, dressed, but not necessarily. <coughs> Is that it? Okay, great. <coughs> so, I've got some divine selections from Baba's tour and, uh, and, and also his return. This is uh, the first one, <coughs> is a dialogue in 1977, after the Second World Tour, he's come back. Uh, and um, different visitors come to the ashram. This is uh, what the uh, introduction in the Siddha Path said. Whenever visitors come to the ashram, they ask Baba about his tour and about his impression of the West. Usually these conversations are not translated, so we don't know what he says. But we know what Chakti says. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See if you can, uh, see if you can uh, uh, use your will against hers. Chow Chows have the strongest will. <coughs> All right. We'll see. So, um, <coughs> the other day, when six monks from the Jain sect came for Baba's darshan, the conversation took place in the courtyard, and Malti took notes in English. So, uh, there's a bunch of Jain monks. The monks were beautiful, with pure faces and extremely clean white clothes, and their questions had the flavor of traditional India. 
Baba answered them very softly and sweetly. But here's a couple of pictures of Jain monks. They're, the, <coughs> they, uh, they were wearing masks before the pandemic. And they wore it for a different reason. Uh, they practice extreme ahimsa, nonviolence. Not just your garden variety kind of ahimsa, but this is extreme ahimsa. So they wear the mask so that they don't breathe in and kill some insect or organism. And then they also carry a whisk broom, you can see there. In what? <laughs> it, it, it may, they <laughs> David Ma's being naughty. And they, they sweep the path in front of them so they don't step on an ant. This is extreme formulation of nonviolence. And they wear immaculate white clothing. Got another picture? Ah. <clears throat> there they are, a swami is uh, presenting with a coconut or something. And uh, you see them all in their masks and so on. So there is a great tradition of um, yoga. Uh, Jain yoga is very powerful. They're the great meditators and yogis. <clears throat> Here's this dialogue with them. Question, was your tour abroad full of joy, Baba? Yes, it was. Question, did they have respect for Indian culture? Baba, yes, a lot. They also had a lot of interest in meditation. These people are very helpful to others. Their country is very beautiful, too. You can see Baba's very impressed by his tour of the West. Question, were you influenced by the West? Baba, I'm influenced by my own self. <clears throat> so I wasn't influenced by them. Saints are not influenced by others. Question, are they orthodox? Baba, yes and no. Young people are not so traditional. Like followers of modern science, they want everything to manifest immediately. They don't want to do sadhana for a long time and find attainment sometime later. <laughs> they want instant experience. <laughs> today, come, come today, tomorrow, you want realization. Question, do they believe in the immortality of the self? Baba, they believe in it as consciousness. This is interesting to me, that, that Baba understood the way to talk to Westerners was to talk about the highest as consciousness. <clears throat> and that's why Kashmir Shaivism uh, speaks so well to the West, talks about the absolute as pure awareness, consciousness. Baba says, scientists are inclined to accept consciousness. Buddhism and Shaivism also prevail there. They are nice people. The country is very prosperous, and they've kept it beautifully. <laughs> Just as they have devotion for God, in the same way they have devotion for their country. Their country is very beautiful everywhere. <laughs> Just like this courtyard. Baba is sitting in the courtyard, which is uh, sparkles, immaculate, and incredibly aesthetically pleasing, marble. <clears throat> you can get anything there. All the books that you have here are there in English. There are many people who are follow there who follow austerities, who are doing yogic practice. <clears throat> Question. What is the root reason why so many of them have this interest? And this is an interesting answer. Baba says, they have everything in this world. 
a lot of money, beauty, luxuries. All they lack is inner peace. They are thirsty to attain that. They have a great desire to get it. Many of the people who have come to, with me are professors and artists. They don't hesitate to do any work, no matter how small or petty. Even though they're very prosperous, still they have the tendency of renunciation. I guess when he was on tour and uh, people came from outside, even the bigwigs would do humble work around the ashram, and Bob was very impressed by that. Question, will you go to communist countries? Baba, yes, even in communist countries, there's interest in Hatha Yoga. They practice it so their bodies will become strong. Question, that is the material viewpoint, <laughs> the materialist, dialectic materialism. And Baba, yes, the government has a materialistic viewpoint, but for the people it brings spirituality. In any case, those countries will not remain communist forever. They will change. They have respect for our scriptures. Even though they don't read them from the spiritual point of view, still they read them for the welfare of their lives, to psychological understanding about their minds so they can have happiness. Question, do they meditate on the self or on the light of God? Interesting question, isn't it? Baba, and Baba schools them on this. The self cannot be different from God's light. Modern scientists believe absolutely that this world is made of one principle. Even ancient sages say everything is one. So if you meditate on the self, that means you meditate on God and vice versa. That's uh, a dialogue. Like that? <clears throat> and here's one on uh, Yagna. This is 1978. Uh, this was a big celebration of Baba's birthday. And I must have been here for part of this, at least. They had a big yagna and a big uh, seven-day chant and a sannyas ceremony. I had taken sannyas the year before, but I came back uh, for this one <clears throat> also. Uh, a yagna is an um, uh, uh, ancient fire ritual in which mantras are recited and foodstuffs and other things are thrown into the fire, and it's, uh, a, it's a, a method by, whereby mystically one connects the higher worlds, and it's the bedrock uh, ritual of, uh, of Hinduism. And uh, Shivaratri is coming up uh, on the 11th of next month. I'm hoping to have a yagna here on the 11th, on Thursday. What? Uh, uh, weather permitting. I guess if, uh, if it's a bad day, we'll have a ceremony inside and then uh, we'll figure it out later. But I'm hoping to have one. Here's, uh, here's some recent yagnas. You can take a short glimpse. This is uh, a yagna in And here's one of our recent yagnas, a little snippet. 
a little bit more. Let's show a little more. Might show a little more. So this is uh, the, the description, May 17, 1978. The ashram is becoming more and more crowded as the devotees pour in from all over India. This is uh, uh, Ma Durgananda's writing. Sally Kempton wrote the uh, surrounding material. Now there's hardly room enough in the courtyard to contain everyone for Guru Gita. Uh, in those days, um, when, the, when there was big crowds, we'd have to do the Guru Gita right in the courtyard because there wasn't enough space in the hall. But the more people come, the deeper the current of happiness which moves through the ashram. The atmospheres rarely seem more intense than it does during this time. The yagna will begin tomorrow, and true to his tradition of opening the great festivals with a burst of fire, after this morning's Guru Gita, Baba delivered to us the following speech. So he's talking about the yagna now. Baba says, the yagna will begin tomorrow. It's a great action. Not only is it good for the ashramites, not only is it good for Indians, not only is it good for the entire world, but it's good for everything. The air, the climate, everything is affected by the yagna. It's very ancient and very true. Baba say, whenever the smoke from the yagna touches Anything, it's blessed. Today, everything is affected by the yagna. <clears throat> Today, all the Brahmins will get together and recite mantras to invoke the deities. Tomorrow, they'll break a coconut and then take two pieces of herbal wood and rub them together and create a fire without the use of matches. All the while, they'll recite mantras. Back in the Vedic times, they would just light the fire occultly with their third eye. <laughs> so now they have to rub two sticks together. And we're even more in Kali Yuga because we have to use matches. We're more likely a lighter. <coughs> so Baba says, from the beginning, it's been like this. The bad Shakti will always try to affect the good Shakti. A bad action will always try to affect a good action. A bad person will always try to affect a good person because that's their nature. And they will always go with their nature. In ancient times, sages performed yagnas so there'd be peace in the world. And there were demons who did not like peace, who did not like the greatness of the sages. So they tried to destroy these yagnas. Now you need not think that demons have big, long teeth and big faces like the statues in the upper garden, all kinds of great statues in the upper garden, uh, in the upper garden of the messengers of death, Lord Yama's crew. Demons live in us also, even though we look like human beings. There are people who always try to hurt others, 
by using bitter words, who always try to cut up other people. And these people are worse than the demon Ravana because Ravana was killed very soon. But these people live for a long time. If you give the stray dogs outside the ashram something bad to eat, they will eat it up immediately with great appreciation. But if you try to spray perfume on them, they will run away because they only like bad things. <laughs> Something must have happened that triggered Prabhupada, that's for sure. <clears throat> Once there was a man who said, everything happens due to God's wish. Another person got fed up with that and gave three slaps to the first person. The first person immediately gave up his philosophy and started to slap the other man back. He can still have this philosophy, but just, you know. When I get angry, I go for my stick, Baba says. So demons used to give trouble to the sages when they performed the yagnas. Therefore, the Brahmins, when they performed yagna, used to invoke fierce deities. When Vishwamitra was performing yagna, Vishwamitra is an ancient Vedic sage, great uh, yogi, the demons were giving him a lot of trouble. So Vishwamitra invoked Lord Ram, and Lord Ram destroyed the demons. In that way, the Brahmins are going to invoke the celestial beings, and that is the way to perform yagna. All of you should stay together with charity and love. And it's a big crowd, big crowd are gathered for this. You should do your seva very well. This yagna is being performed for the sake of humanity. When Dharmaraya, Dharmaraj, who's of Yudhisthira, the, the great king in the uh, Mahabharat, when Dharmaraj was performing the Raja Surya Yagna, big yagna. Uh, Lord Sri Krishna did the work of picking up the leaves after everybody had finished eating. Lord Krishna was there, and he humbly picked up the leaves that people ate on, so they live on, eat on a leaf plate. That's the humblest job. So people should do seva with this kind of feeling. You don't perform yagna to become great or to become smart, nor so you can sit first for your meal, but so that you can become humble like Lord Krishna. During the yagna, everyone should have love for each other and live with great friendliness, so there's no trouble. Just as God is true, just as consciousness is true, in the same way yagna is true, do a little seva service and attend the yagna. It's a very intoxicating atmosphere, the yagna. The mantras just transport you. And also attend the sapta, that's the, the chanting session, the eight, seven day chant. The mantra is true and worship is true only when you yourself become true. Man should consider this very well. The yagna will start tomorrow. Be happy, have great joy and bliss and always smile. During the yagna, everyone will behave sympathetically and with humility. I told you about how Krishna picked up leaves at the yagna, Suras, Suras, the blind poet, great ancient poet, sang about this incident very rightly. He sang, the yagna was being performed and all the kings were sitting on their thrones with great pride, twirling their mustaches. All the kings were there, twirling their mustaches. This is a symbol of great pride, twirling the mustache. <clears throat> and Lord Krishna picked up the leaves after eating and that was his greatness. All that the kings attained was to twirl their mustaches. <laughs> 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 
this yagna is not a mere yagna, but a yagna of love and peace. For that reason, the yagna is so great. So we won't become the kings of the Rajasuri yagna. We'll all become Lord Krishna. <clears throat> nice, huh? This is a little vignette from, from L.A. This was before. Uh, uh, and I remember I was there at this one. Uh, Baba was interviewed by a TV personality of the time. Uh, her name was Mary Hart. She was, uh, she was the head of the, uh, what do you call it? Entertainment Tonight. And she came and she had no idea, but she liked Baba. Uh, and uh, he answered, she, she, asked, he, she asked about meditation. Baba said, for me, meditation is so easy, Baba said, with a twinkle in his eye. But when I look at those cameras and lights, because they were filming it all, so he got on ET. Uh, it's difficult for me to understand how they work. I look at the workers operating them, and I tell myself, I cannot do that. Now, do you find those things easy or difficult, says to Mary Hart. For me, they're also difficult, the reporter said. But what, Baba says, but what about the men that are operating them? She conceded, it's easy for them. Baba says, do you know why it's easy for them? Because they've practiced it. They've learned it. So if you learn meditation, the meditation will be easy for you. So learning so she says, so learning meditation is just like learning anything else? Yes, Baba replied with a smile. Learning meditation is just like learning anything else. And it is so essential. By this time, they're talking like old friends. And when she left, she took a mantra card. <laughs> like that? A couple more vignettes. And then, yeah. At a, at a recent intensive, Baba answered the question, what is the relation between the heart and the mind? Baba said, the heart is the dwelling place of God, and the mind is the instrument for understanding. But the mind arises from the heart. A wise person understands this. When mind merges with the self in meditation, he knows that everything has arisen from the heart. Ramana Maharshi used to say exactly the same thing, that when the mind becomes quiet, it recedes into the heart. It's like an extension of the heart into the head, then starts thinking. When it becomes quiet, it goes back to the heart. <coughs> uh, another vignette? All right, the other day in a talk at the teacher training course, he spoke about anger and told the story about the anger of a sage. So this must have been the, the finale. They had teacher training courses that so many people uh, around it the, that they had different courses and the swamis would teach parts of the course and then Bob would come in at the end. He'd come at the beginning and open the course and then he'd come at the end. <coughs> Baba says, I welcome you all with love, but sometimes I may welcome you with anger. <laughs> you may wonder why this is, and I'll tell you the reason. Love, when disrespected, turns into anger. Baba told the story of Bharadwaj and his student Kakabashundi. When Kakabashundi could not grasp the highest truth, 
Bharadwaj became angry and turned him into a crow. Kakabashundi pondered his fate. He went to another sage and asked him how a great knower of truth like Bharadwaj could still have anger. The yogi answered, if you rub sandalwood against a stone, it makes a cooling paste. The sage said, but if you rub the same sandalwood against another piece of sandalwood, fire is created. Oh, Kakabashundi, he explained the truth to you so many times, but still you rejected his teaching. So at last your negativities turned his love into anger, and he cursed you. Don't worry, Baba said. I won't get angry like that. <laughs> and now another mood. Uh, this is also from America. This was in um, Oakland, I think, at Shiva Ratri. Uh, in 1979, Baba married 25 couples. A mass marriage at Shiva Ratri. Uh, and this is from his wedding talk. We'll end with that, then we'll meditate. No? Baba says, it's a beautiful thing. A wedding is a great and significant initiation. For a sensible and wise person, this wedding is not meant just for fun. The wedding initiation begins with this awareness. Two people become one. Just as Shiva and Shakti are still together and can never be separated, you two, you two should live together very happily, should become absorbed in each other. A husband and wife should surrender themselves to each other. Only then can there be joy. Otherwise, it's of no use. Yourself should be the same. Your mind should be the same. Your actions should be similar to one another's, and you should live as though you are one. In Sanskrit philosophy, this is called panigraha, or panigraha, holding hands. You hold each other's hands, and once you hold each other's hands, you can't be separated. This is the true meaning and purpose of a wedding. The sages also say, as you love one another, you should let your love for God grow and live in this way. Just as you hold each other's hands, in the same way, both of you should hold the hand of God. Of course, this is the ideal marriage when uh, both love each other and they also dedicate themselves to God. This is the greatest ideal. In this world, you can achieve anything. You can accomplish anything. You can have wealth as big as Mount Meru. Mount Meru appears in all scriptures. It's something big. As big as Mount Meru, they always say. It must be big, Mount Meru. Like Mount Eliza, quite a big mountain. <laughs> you can have wealth as big as Mount Meru, and your fame can spread in all four directions. However, if God is not in your family life, then your family life is without any purpose. Only those people can increase love for each other and live happily who have God right in the midst of their life. One thing is certain, we come from the same place and the same place exists for all of us to go back and meet one another. It is only in the middle that we see differences. Come from that place we live for a while in all these differences in this life, and then we go back to the same place. So man should have this awareness all the time. 
We're all the children of that one. All the guests, and then that's the end of Baba's talk, and then uh, Sally writes, all the guests stayed for the feast that followed, a delicious traditional wedding feast, including puris and sira. Sira's, uh, what do you call it? What do you call Sira? What's it? No, but what do you call it? The halwa, halwa, yeah, that's right. Halwa, they call it. It's a sweet dish, and puris, of course, the fried chapatis, fried bread, which Baba himself had spent several hours cooking. The festive atmosphere of the ashram continues throughout the day, and at five that evening, almost a thousand people assembled for the opening of the all night chant of Om Shivaya. So that's the wedding. What do you think? Nice? Okay, very good. This is Baba on tour. So let's meditate. Let's meditate. We'll meditate for 10 minutes. As Baba said, meditation is the essential practice. And in meditation, we leave the realm of worry and stress and enmity and difficulty, and we find the bedrock of awareness, the bedrock of the self, which lies beneath it. And if we can find that place, the clear space of good feeling, if we can find that clear space of good feeling, we have to go to it again and again. Finally, we learn the art of navigating to that clear space of good feeling. And the way we learn that art is through meditation. We discover that we have that within us, the place of great peace, great joy and great fulfillment right within us. And we have to learn how to live in it and to visit it. And if we lose it, to come back to it. And we learn that through meditation. So let's meditate now on the self. Find that place within yourself, contentment and joy. You can say the mantra, Om Namah Shivaya, Om Namah Shivaya, so that the mind doesn't become overactive and find that place, the clear space of good feeling that exists within you. Everyone has experienced that clear space of good feeling at various times in their life. And so find it now as we meditate, and we'll meditate for 10 minutes. And once again, with great love and respect, I welcome you all with all my heart. Sakrunat Maharaj Kijay. Let's meditate for 10 minutes now. Hi, everyone. If you enjoyed this podcast, why not check out Swamiji's latest book, Ganesh Pri Days, Memoirs of a Western Yogi. It's about the time he spent in India with his guru, Baba Muktananda, in the 1970s, and it's a great read. To get a copy, go to ganeshpridays.com. That's G-A-N-E-S-H-P-U-R-I, days.com. Wherever you are in the world, you can get the book on Kindle or printed in your own country.